it's the match for Arsenal fans every season. I mean, look, there's a, there's a lot of important games, mm-hmm. important fixtures in the Premier League, but the North London Derby, that's so Arsenal who, and Tottenham. Okay. And it's weird. ESPN did this little article, which I actually thought was kind of a cool concept. They were rating all of the Premier League derbies, right? Uh-huh. A derby is just a rivalry, right. is what we call, but they call it a derby there. Right. And they had the Arsenal Tottenham fixture pretty low on the list. And they used mm-hmm. a bunch of different things to to rate why. And basically they said because neither team is really contending for the title that they had it as a low rated fixture. But I mean, these two clubs hate each other. Um, right. The only clubs that probably hate each other more Man are Manchester City. And well, Manchester. it's not even Man City. Man City uh, is weird, right? The, uh, what I was going to say is Manchester United and Liverpool. Oh, uh, okay. Right? So that's the only fixture, that's the only derby that I would, that I'm comfortable as an Arsenal fan saying, look, that's probably more important than Arsenal Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Just because the Manchester United, Manchester City, it's weird. There was only like maybe a two-year period where both teams were, were actually, actually good right. and rivals. Right. The rest of the time, either City has been trash for mm-hmm. however many years, mm-hmm. or United is trash for the last five years, which but, has been the case. But back in the day, wasn't Liverpool trash? And man, when Man United was like the, the difference really is historically the two greatest Premier League clubs of all time are Liverpool FC and Manchester United. And I would say it's Manchester United number one. Right. But Liverpool has the most European success, I think. I think. And so when the Premier League came into existence, even though Liver- the Liverpool actually hasn't won a Premier League title. So I want to say the Premier League started in 1991, 1992. I would and, say, aren't they also cultural rivals? Like Liverpool's so different from Manchester in terms of the way people are. Maybe, maybe. So the two big populist centers in England, as far as I'm concerned, are London and the greater Manchester slash like Merseyside area, right? Mm. So there's like 30 clubs in London. Like Chelsea's mm. there, mm-hmm. Tottenham, West Ham, Arsenal. Fulham, like there's a bunch of clubs there. Mm-hmm. Queens Park Rangers, Crystal Palace, right? And then, like in Manchester, you have Manchester United, Manchester City, and then in Merseyside, Liverpool, Everton. I think that's how it goes. But those clubs are all kind of close to each other. Mm-hmm. So, and the, they're very, very densely populated areas, Manchester, because mm-hmm. it was like the industrial town of of England mm-hmm. uh, for the longest period of time. So I don't, I can't necessarily say how different Manchester is from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I know they have different accents and I want to say Liverpool was a port city. Liverpool is also where the Beatles are from. So nice. you know, shout out to, shout out to Beatles FC. <laughs> but no, um, it just, there's just like a, a really big rivalry there, but you did raise an interesting point that Liverpool hasn't really been good. And it's true mm-hmm. that as far as the Premier League era is concerned, Liverpool, I mean, like I said, they've never even won a title. Right. So Arsenal has three titles in the three or four, three titles in the Premier League area, I think, mm-hmm. Premier League era. So anyway, but the Arsenal North London derby was today and yeah. Arsenal throttled them four to two. Nice. And those two goals that Tottenham had, I, I didn't even, one was a PK, which I didn't think was a PK. And the other was just a mishap by our goalkeeper. It was just frustrating, but yeah, yeah we throttled them. So that was good. But yeah, t- tell me up. about this fight though. Tell me about boxing. It was Wilder, Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury. Fury from the UK, you know, Wilder's from the US. It's interesting because I don't know if you saw like some of the pre-fight lead up, but there was a specific commentator who kind of asked Wilder a question about something that he had said about 400 years. And he's like, you know, 
my people have been oppressed for 400 years. And he's like, well, what do you, what do you mean? And Deontay Wilder goes off on him and he's like, yo, you know what the fuck I mean? Blah, blah, blah. You know, hold on. Just tell him what you mean. And so it created like this whole, yo, we could go really down that path. Cause <laughs> similarly, uh, Meek Mill was on CNN recently and people yeah. were talking about it. And it's like, I feel like I do want people to be our people to be more woke and like our public figures to be more politically active. But like, if you can't articulate your yeah. ideas, then you kind of just make I see people that look all bad, the time. right? Like, because somebody will ask you a question, like, "Well, what do you mean about this?" and you you don't know what to say. Right? I, I, I tell you what, though, I also I think the media does it deliberately mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. think that they know damn well right. who are the academics who can actually articulate these things well. Right, and right. instead, what they do is they get popular folks who have general opinions about certain movements, right? So whether yeah. it be the feminist movement, LGBTQ rights, right. general civil rights, the struggles of the African-American in the United States, mm-hmm. they get these figureheads without actually getting people who can really articulate right. these things. And then all they the don't right want to have the conversation. Right. They just poke holes in the person that is a straw man. Yeah. For, right. And then all the right has to do is get someone like a Ben Shapiro, who is a very good debater mm-hmm. and is a research individual, regardless of whether or not you agree or disagree with right. him. And that he could just pick apart these weak arguments just because right. they're fucking weak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're, they're really, really weak arguments because these people don't actually know how to articulate these so things. So it's interesting because, um, you know, Fury's <laughs> kind of like a like an overweight looking Englishman, kind of fat, really big. But they, they prop this like, you know, this 400 years thing on the fight. And maybe they either, right, they do this to sell tickets or fights or whatever. Yeah. But um, so, you know, there's this whole like racial element almost <laughs> to the fight. And then there's this whole like US versus UK thing. And like even before the fight, they like they showed like, this is the history of all the US versus UK fights and who won and the whole nine. And it was it was an element that was a little disingenuous because sure. at the end of the fight, right, I was telling you, you know, off mic, but uh, so the fight ends in a split decision draw, which yeah. is total bullshit, right? So who um, should have won then, in your opinion? Fury, actually. Okay. And, and, and it's funny because I went into it going, Wilder's going to knock him out. Wilder's a power puncher. Fury looks out of shape. He's a boxer, but he's like... he. He's kind of not great at something specific. He's kind of just good at everything. Okay. Um, really big dude. I mean, had like 35 pounds on him. Like, okay. I mean, like real big weight difference. You know, dude was tall, whole nine. He was about five, four or five years older than uh, Wilder. Uh, so my expectation was, yo, Wilder's a power puncher. Wilder's going to come in there and knock him out. I had him, I had him knocking him out in round eight, which I think he knocked him down in eight or nine. Wilder um, did knock down Fury. Knocked him down twice. And so you they still think used, Fury should have won the fight. They though. used those two. Well, he dominated every other round except for maybe one round, right? But okay. there were two knockdowns. So the, you know, card kind of quote unquote evened out. One guy had okay. the first guy had Fury winning, uh, second person had Wilder, and then the third was 113, 113, exactly even. Like, come on, my G. I got um, you. But, but my, my, my issue, and we can go back to the race thing after. My issue is that we've gotten to a place in boxing where the decisions are specifically manufactured to create careers. Sure. So you look at Triple G and, and Canelo, right? Triple G fights Canelo. The first time everybody's like, 
yo, Triple G really won this fight. But Canelo's much younger and he's coming from a boxing group that has a lot more political power. Mm -hmm. So they do the whole split decision and they give it to Canelo. But because of the fact that it's a split decision, then they're like, okay, well, we'll do a rematch. They do a rematch. Triple G still kind of wins, wins the joint. They still give a decision to Canelo. And so you've got Triple G who's, you know, one of the top five fighters in the world in terms of draw who has now retired because he's in a sport where literally he's, he's he knows he's too old he doesn't necessarily have the draw or the mechanics in terms of his his team and his presence and his promotion to continue because he's not going to ever get a decision in this situation where they're always going to try to set up a younger fighter mm-hmm. um and so i think with the wilder this wilder situation it again to me lends itself to this whole situation where it's like okay who has the big bigger upside you know wilder super outspoken you know talks about black this and black that you know um power puncher more likely to knock somebody out yeah you know um leaner looks like a boxer etc like we want this guy to win and continue to go on so the next logical fight is joshua so joshua's a uk fighter as well joshua's been known to kind of use location to duck fight like he'll be like oh i'm not gonna go elsewhere i'll only fight in the uk i'll only fight this person etc joshua's the guy that they want for the next fight so if fury wins fury's also a uk fighter so it's like they don't have the whole us versus uk to sell tickets they don't have the whole oh well you gotta come on my turf to fight because their turf is the same turf etc you know so that fight that they want to set up is better for Wilder to take than it is for Fury. So if Fury wins, then it's like, oh, well, what do we do, right? So they make the call that's best for boxing, which is now they have a choice. Wilder can try to fight Joshua. If Joshua says no, Wilder can fight Fury again because it's a draw. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like the decision is... They keep arguing for the independent boxing commission right 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 it's frustrating as a as a boxing fan you know i mean i I wouldn't say i'm a boxing fan to the level of how you're a soccer fan or how my boy zoe is is a boxing fan but as a fan who you know knows a little bit about what's going on and you're watching and you you see what's going on and and you see these situations and it's just really frustrating did you want to get back to the race topic yeah sure so yeah so i mean meek mill is has now been kind of propped up as a um I don't know, like a civil rights icon, right? Because well, in his case is specific to the court system, right? So right. it would be, uh, yeah, I guess the guess the justice system, the justice system, exactly. Yeah. So you know, there's a lot of people that are advocating for justice system reform, mm-hmm. um, and he gets the prison whole reform, right? or prison yeah. prison reform, yeah. and and he's he's gets to to kind of wear the 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 title of like. I suffered this firsthand, you know, how yeah. the prison system and the justice system is rigged against people and et cetera. And now I can go out and be a voice for it. And it's something that has kind of reinvigorated his career. Um, if you remember prior to, you know, the, the the big case and him, you know, fighting that case, he had the deal with, with Drake where people mm-hmm. basically, I'm doing air quotes, you know, Drake ended his career, <laughs> right? So he was in a place where his back really was against the wall, though, career-wise. People really kind of thought he was done. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Jay-Z kind of was able to do the whole, oh, I got I got Meek out of jail. So now it's in Jay's best interest as well to kind of prop Meek up as this, you know, now civil rights, justice system reform icon. Right. And so now, like, he, it's to a point where now he's going and speaking places on behalf of prison reform isn't that what kaepernick um, is do- doing as well or has fair he not point done that yet? I, I will say though 
over time, it seems as though Kaepernick has educated himself more. When he, he has, first started making those he arguments, had no idea what he, he was had talking no about, idea what he was talking which about. Is, which is sad yeah. for Kaepernick because I understood instantly what, what he was trying to say. Right. And I thought, I was like, well, it's unfortunate that he has to speak on this because I think that he's right about this, Yeah. but he doesn't necessarily know how, how to articulate it. Right, and it's right, something right. that I didn't think he needed to, to know how to articulate mm. until they put the mic in front of his face. Right. To me, it's as simple as like, look, if if you're playing that the anthem and you don't feel proud to be an American because of something that you see going on, mm-hmm. I think it is your you know your First Amendment right to say, hey, you know what? I don't feel too proud to be an American right now. I'm just going to lay back and play my game, and I'm not going to do this stuff. Right. And I think that if we just keep it there, like it's fine. Mm-hmm. But then you know they thrust a mic in front of his face, and he had to do all this other stuff. Uh, and I think he had a, a difficult time articulating some points. Mm-hmm. I think the thing I hate most about, or I didn't like most about the take a knee situation was that I think that his list of wants or whoever it was who was taking the <laughs> knee, their list yeah. of wants was very vague. But Doug, like it's, I, I will say though that that particular thing is not Kaepernick's fault. I feel like this happens all the time, right? People co-opt movements all the time well, where it's like, well, you know, this is what I'm about. And then all these other people are like, yeah, well, I'm taking a knee too because of this. And it's well, like, but here, here's why it matters though, because, you know, first of all, if you're, if you're an NFL player and you're taking a knee, it's like you're boycotting. Well, what exactly are you boycotting? And I, mm-hmm. and I didn't disagree with what they were doing, mm-hmm. but there needs to be something specific. It's like, yeah, Oh, well, we want an end to police violence. It's like, okay, well that's great. But the, is there any specific reform that right, you want? Right. And then you have people like Megan Rapino, I think mm-hmm. the United States woman's uh, star or whatever, like she's taking these. So what is she doing? So is she, is yeah. it solidarity? Yeah. Okay. Well, what is it that you really want? And it would have been nice for me if I had actually seen them say, Hey, look, yeah. I want, whenever there is a police shooting of an unarmed person, yeah. I want there to be an independent special prosecutor right. working that case who yeah. is does not normally work with the police. Boom. I agree. Something. I agree. Give us, give us like some, yes, some yeah. specific steps that can be taken so that they can say, because part of it becomes right, like, okay, well, how do we create like an, a quote unquote end to this, right? Yeah. So the NFL says, you know, they, they try to take certain steps and obviously those things all backfired. But it's like, what are the solid steps that we can take to make you guys stop kneeling? And there, right. nobody can articulate that. And so then it kind of becomes, a, okay, so then what's your point? It's especially because, look, if you say, <clears throat> if you say, look, this thing is against police brutality mm-hmm. and whatnot, right? First of all, that message can get lost as it has gotten lost. Right. Uh, there's not a specific point. But even then people say, oh, well, it's anti-police and the police show up to the game <laughs> for security, right? It's bullshit arguments. But bullshit. you hear these arguments, yeah. right? And then people say, oh, you know, it's anti-military and all this stuff. And it's like, no, if you repeatedly go back to, it's like, we want reform. This is something that we want. Yeah. I'm going to continue boycotting until someone puts this either on their voting ballot or someone mm-hmm. introduces legislation right. or somebody starts talking about this because this is what we want. Right. Then you can be very specific. Hey, this is what this boycott is about. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know. So yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I think we, you know, we we did sway a little bit off, but oh, yeah, I mean, shit right now. yeah, wh- like Wilder, you know, it's kind of a similar thing. He's got this whole like, yo, you know, my people have been suffering for four hundred years, and it's like, yeah, but like, you know, what do you what do you want? Like, what what's your? Can you articulate like what it is that's bothering <laughs> you specifically? Like, I, I like because no, I mean, you know, it's like, 
Yo, are people have been separate for 400 years? Like, I, I saw this true. clip of, um, again, I'm going to reference uh, this Ben Shapiro clip. And mm. I'm not a Ben Shapiro fan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the only reason why I'm, I'm bringing him up is just because I was laughing at this clip mm-hmm. where he was having a debate with someone in the audience and she was bringing up about the uh, how there's institutional racism. Mm-hmm. So he asked her a very simple question. It's like, okay, well, I agree with you. Racism is bad. Institutional racism is bad. Can you give me an example? Mm-hmm. And you look back on her and she she drew a blank. Yeah. She couldn't she couldn't <laughs> give him an example. And it's just like, yeah. this is fucking pathetic. Yeah. You know what I mean? There are a bunch of different examples mm-hmm. that you could even if you are debating with someone who who's on the opposite side and they're very well read and they beat right. you in a debate. There are at least a bunch of different examples that you can bring right, into the conversation right. and have a conversation so you could at least exactly. hear their talking points and then go back and do the research and be like, well, actually mm-hmm you know yeah but you can, <laughs> if you can't even step into the conversation then you, it, it kills you see that it all the time. time now like yeah oh my god it's it's something that drives me crazy on in, in politics right now uh, at least in terms of political discourse oftentimes what i hear coming out of the left mm-hmm. right and it's so weird the way that the right works together on things hmm. because you've got these these folks who are I'm not going to say that they're not racist. I, I think that they have racial, they certainly have racial bias, probably some, some, some conscious racial bias, but they're not bigoted, right? Mm. And you have these intellectuals or the, these very academic types who are very articulate and they're, they're well-read and they're researched. And they kind of defend all of the other bullshit yeah. that the right has to say, right. but they do it in this kind of like, it's a disingenuous it's, 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 but here's the thing though like it works because the reason why it works is because on the left i think that you have a bunch of people who are generally on the right side of the argument right. but have absolutely no idea how to articulate the arguments and not agree. only that they do things like dismiss science and mm. dismiss biology uh, or are you saying that the right doesn't dismiss science every I think fucking that day? When it, when it comes to <laughs> things like climate change, yeah. yeah. But when it comes to things like, if you're going to talk about like, uh, you know, the difference between men and women, or you're mm-hmm. going to talk about like sexual signaling or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you're addressing arguments. I see what you're saying. In, like in the feminist movement or with transgenderism, right? right? right, right. I feel like the scientific arguments I hear make much more sense on the right than they do on the left. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I feel like anytime you challenge a lot of the talking heads mm-hmm. that I see, yeah. a lot a lot of them, anytime you challenge them on the left with science, they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, that's pseudoscience or that's science is backed by the patriarchy. And it's like, really? <laughs> is it? Is it really like, well, where's think, your proof? I think we've gotten to a place where it's okay to argue fact with feeling or opinion and it's just and we're just there yeah and it's like you know i mean and all this like fake news and you know um the right the left all this stuff it just obscures like fact and it's 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 actually really frustrating to watch because i i I watch a lot of these news shows that you're talking about and, and i feel the same way as you particularly about a lot of the folks that argue on behalf of the left their backing facts are a lot more like well this is how i feel or this is how it makes people feel and it's like but then when somebody's coming to you with hard facts you have to be able to have that conversation yes and they don't and it makes you cringe because a lot of those scenarios call it hubris but like i i wish i was in that person's place because (laughs) there actually is an argument that you can make back and you're not making the argument so you're making that whatever that causes look bad like you're making it look like there isn't something that you could say in response yeah um yeah and i mean you know 
back to the whole to bring it all the way back to the whole wilder thing like you know it's kind of the same right because it's like he's he's dropped this whole 400 years thing and like it's interesting because I've, I've watched friends of mine you know post things and talk about things and some of my friends are be, have become fans of his just as a result of him <laughs> you know like championing you know the movement and being pro-black and the whole I mean, nine that's cool but i feel like you should be pro-black he's the type of person that the right would want to be an yes. ad an advocate yes. for right because yeah. he's just going out there and he's like yeah so he so he yells at the guy right yeah my my people have been 400 years all right so yeah so what do you mean you know what the fuck i mean and then he's in the dude's face like he's gonna fight him right so it's like <laughs> you started an, a discussion yeah and then you didn't have the ability to continue the discussion so you yeah. escalated it to a point of physical violence so you made yourself look stupid like that that's but here's my the thing i think the reason why it's frustrating to me is because he's not just making himself look stupid he makes us all look stupid yeah you know what i mean because there there are definitely solid arguments that you could articulate right to back up the claim that people the uh, black people in america have been enslaved or even throughout the world really right. if you want to yeah. have been enslaved for 400 years and you know, unfortunately, when you do so, you also have to take into consideration it's like, well, what are black people doing to get themselves out of this, right? Yeah. Um, but I mean, hey, it's part of the dialogue that you need to have. So the, the, the second time they the same situation kind of happened, because I think it happened on two different occasions. And, he, you know, when he gets got on his rant, he's like, you know what the fuck I mean? He's like, he's like, and if you don't know, Google use google and i'm like yeah why don't what should you I just google? tell him yeah tell him with the google like what, what you're just I gonna google? google 400 years like yeah. what, what did you want him to google yeah that's <laughs> funny though anyway <laughs> yeah so uh, i guess you want to you want to kick off the next one and just keep it on the same recording sure we could do that all right let's get it what up this is yinka Diz. peace this is outlaw hey listen to the 80s babies podcast